Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to be with you, those in the room, those with us online. Today, we are continuing in our sermon series, working through the book of Matthew. And today we are going to explore how Jesus shows us what his kingdom looks like. I love Jesus. I think Jesus is absolutely amazing. And so I am excited to unpack this with you today. So unlike other leaders, Jesus was not just a great teacher. He didn't come with just brilliant things to say. He came with amazing things, which he did. He demonstrated his kingdom. So when I'm saying demonstration, I mean he's showing us what it looks like to be in Jesus and in his rule and in his reign over us. Because Jesus didn't just come with words, he came and showed us things as well. In fact, when Jesus taught, very often what he would do, he would be doing something first, and then he would talk to his disciples about what he'd just done to teach them about it. Because the goal was that they were going to do those same things with him too. In fact, the passage that we're looking at today comes just before Jesus sends his disciples out to go and do the very things that he had been doing. So today, when we come to this passage and we're listening and looking at what Jesus is doing, we need to come like those disciples too, like those followers of Jesus, so that we can learn because he wants us to be doing this with him as well as knowing what he is like. Okay, so in this passage today, it has a lot to teach us. It's a big passage. And it shows us, first of all, that the kingdom of heaven is for everyone. Now, I've been a bit of a pain because I haven't read the whole passage out because it's very long, which means that Kelly's just being wonderful for me. Thank you, my friend. And putting the header up for me on the screen. Thank you. I love you, my friend. She's very patient with me. Bear with me, everyone. I am never knowingly short of words. But do you know what? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I really want you to hear what Jesus wants to say to you today. You know, it really doesn't matter if I get through every single word exactly as it is on these sheets. Because just one word from Jesus, what he wants you to hear today, is much more important than that. So... The kingdom of heaven is for everyone, and he wants to speak to every single one of you in this room and listening online, maybe even listening afterwards. In this passage, we see Jesus encounter and he heals four sets of people, a Jewish leader and his daughter, a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years, two blind beggars, and a man who is mute and oppressed by evil spirits. So the first thing that we can see is that Jesus reached out and he healed men and women and adults and children. Now, I think in the room today, we might have some children. Am I correct? Is there anybody here who is at school? Yes? You don't have to put your hand up. You can just like, I can't see. I haven't got my long distance glasses on because then I can't read my notes at all. It was a compromise. Do I read the notes or do I see you? I went for the notes. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) 
So those of you who might be a bit younger, I want to encourage you that Jesus wants to speak to you today. The church that I grew up in um, a long time ago, the children were in the service too, because we believed, just like we believe here today, that Jesus loves everyone. He's here for everyone, no matter what age you are. Truth be told, when it used to come to the sermons, I used to get bored when I was a child. In fact, there is a notorious story, which is not in the sermon notes, I'm sorry, but it's true that my dad, when he preached, I used to stand next to him and go through his pockets and turn them out. Yes. (laughs) There's not very much in my pockets today other than the, the mic connector, so if anybody starts going through my pockets and turning them off, I know I've definitely gone on too long. The point being, no matter how old you are, what background you are, what gender you are, Jesus is here for you today. He wants to include everyone. Now we can see that just in a surface level, but the book of Matthew was written for a Jewish audience. And so when we see this from a Jewish perspective, there's something even more radical going on here. Because these people that Jesus was reaching out and touching from a Jewish perspective were considered to be unclean. So the Jews had purity laws that said, if there were certain things that were wrong with you, we couldn't touch you. You don't belong. And Jesus is saying, "Mm -mm, not like this in my family. In my family, I'm going to reach out to you and touch you. And that is really good news for us today, because it means for all of us, he can touch All of us. Jesus is reaching out to include every single one of us in his kingdom family. And that is very encouraging. And it's also a little bit challenging because I don't know about you, but I have got some more to grow in this. Because we don't have Jewish purity laws that are enforced for us today. But maybe when there is somebody who is a little bit different to me or you, Maybe someone who believes something a little bit different to me or you. Maybe even someone I might disagree with. Maybe you have disagreements with people as well. Something can happen in our hearts that we can put a barrier up. We can close ourselves off from them a little bit. And actually, Jesus doesn't want us to do that. He wants to say, keep your hearts open, just like my heart is open towards everyone So actually what I'd like us to do right now is just, would you just all just close your eyes for a moment? And Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? And would you show us maybe who those people are that we might find difficult or different, that we might not want to reach out to? Would you just show us who they are? And would you show us how you see them? Would you help us to reach out to them? and show us how to do that. Thank you, God. You are good. You love us so much. Okay, so the kingdom of heaven is for everyone. And the second thing we can see is that the kingdom of heaven is available everywhere. So Jesus also shows us in this passage that his power and his love are available all over the place he encountered this radically inclusive group of people and he healed them in all sorts of places. In the streets, 
in their homes, actually in his home too. His kingdom is not limited to a special place like a synagogue or a temple, or for us, we might think like a church building or even a church service today. Jesus did not keep people out. In fact, he reached out and he went to where they were and where they needed him. And he wants to do the same thing today. We believe that the same power that Jesus showed healing people in the Bible is available from him here today in this place. Amen. Thank you. And we believe it's available outside this place too. Not just here, but everywhere. Amen. (laughs) Everywhere you go, Jesus goes with you and he wants to make a difference. So uh, just the other week, we were out with the Healing on the Streets team in Birmingham and this gentleman came along and he asked us to pray with him. And some of our team prayed with him. He'd had some really, really serious physical problems in his body. He was actually, he didn't really tell us about all of those. He just told us that he was feeling very low. And so the team spent some time and they prayed with him. um, And then they asked him how he was feeling. And he got up out of the chair and he said, oh, this pain and this weakness that I've had down my body, it turned out he'd had something like a stroke, um, had completely gone. He just kept telling us, it's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. (laughs) The thing is, the reason we go out and we pray on the streets is because we don't want to put barriers in the way between Jesus and people. I've completely lost my notes. Right, where am I? There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Because there are lots of people who have needs who most likely are never going to find their way inside this building or inside another kind of church building. We need to make it easy for them to encounter Jesus. So Jesus and his kingdom are available for everyone. They're available everywhere and it's available all the time. So the other thing that we see in this passage is that Jesus was radically interruptible. Now, I don't know how you feel about interruptions. I really, really do not like to be interrupted. I knew someone was going to do that. (laughs) I knew I was setting myself up for that. (laughs) I did. Uh, And you know what the thing is, the more important the thing is that I'm doing, the less I like being interrupted. (laughs) And I say, oh Lord, why is this? What's going on here? And you know what? Just recently, my life has actually been full of interruptions. Um, We live with my mum. She's 87. And a few weeks ago, she had a fall and broke her arm. And that has meant a lot of interruption to a lot of things that I consider to be important to me. It can interrupt things like me sitting down and having my prayer time, or even me sitting down and trying to prepare for this talk. There might be something else I need to go and do. And you know what? God has been speaking to me about this. Because his presence and his transforming touch doesn't stop when my worship music goes off or when I stop sitting in my prayer chair or when we stop being in this space right here and now. His kingdom is not fragile 
and his kingdom is not fluctuating. It is available all of the time. And the thing that fluctuates is actually my attention to what is going on. And what he wants is for my heart to be more tuned in to his heart and his intention. And then what I'm thinking of as being an interruption actually becomes an opportunity for his interaction in that moment with me and with everybody who's around me. And Jesus, in this passage, looks like he's being interrupted many times, but they turn out to be significant moments for interaction. So let's look at the very first one, comes right at the very beginning of this passage. And the first says this. It says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died but come and put your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. It's really easy to read past those first few words and ignore the, while he was saying this bit. I hadn't really noticed it until I spent time thinking about this passage. Like, what had Jesus actually been saying? What was going on? Well, what was going on was he was having a big theological debate with John's disciples and the Pharisees who were saying, why are you not fasting like we think you should be fasting? Why are you eating with these people? Jesus, you are not sticking to the system. You are not doing things how we think you should be doing things. We've got this way. And he's saying, hmm, I'm a bit more flexible than this. There is new wine that is coming into the wineskins. And then he proceeds to show them exactly what that new wine starts to look like. <clears throat> I wonder how we'd feel right now if somebody walked in here and knelt down and said, this terrible, awful thing has happened. The worst thing has happened. But come with me. Because, Jesus, if you put your hand onto this situation, everything changes. I wonder what we'd do. I wonder what I'd do. When I say, oh, sorry, do you know, would you wait till I get to the end? Or would I just be like Jesus, who got up, rose up, and went with him and took his disciples. Oh, I hope I get more like Jesus <laughs> unless like I am at the minute. And so Jesus, he gets up to go and meet this really important need. And then the next thing happens, the second interruption happens. It says this, just then, a woman who'd been suffering for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him and she touched the fringe of his robe for she thought if I can just touch his robe I'll be healed and Jesus turned around and when he saw her he said daughter be encouraged your faith has made you well and the woman was healed at that moment Oh, I love this encounter. It's got so much to teach us. Here is Jesus on his way to this very important person's house, this Jewish leader's house. He's on this way to do something that is really important, meeting this 
very, very visible, publicly known about need. And I wonder how many of us would be like, okay, I have to get there <laughs> because this is very important and everyone's watching. And I think actually if I'd been the leader, I'd have been like, Jesus, are you coming? Can we just get there, please? Nothing in the way. But that is not how Jesus behaves in this moment. What Jesus does is to stop for someone who is completely insignificant compared to this Jewish leader. And he heals her of an illness that would have been completely invisible on the outside. There is no hierarchy of need and there is no hierarchy of miracle in the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes, you know, I can get a little bit tempted to caught up in the spectacular, in the big things. But Jesus' example here shows us that he is not like that. He wants to meet every need for every person, even the needs that we don't like to talk about because they're not very socially acceptable needs at all. And actually what Jesus is doing and stopping having this in, in, and having this in conversation with Jesus is doing much more than just healing this woman's body. Actually, his conversation with her shows that he's healing the hurts that are hidden on the inside. So this woman has been bleeding for 12 years. In the Jewish world, that means she is unclean, she is untouchable. If she'd ever been married at all, she would most likely have been divorced because she wouldn't have been able to have any children. Her husband wouldn't have been able to touch her. This is a woman who had, would have been excluded. And I wonder what some of the names are that she might have been called over the years. And I wonder what some of the names are that she would not have been called over the years. And when Jesus speaks to her, he says, daughter, it's a term of love and affection. Uh, and the passage says he saw her. And that verb saw doesn't just mean he physically noticed her with his eyes. It means he got her. You know, like, oh, I see you. I get you. I understand you. And in Jesus, in that moment, he is restoring just not her body, but her dignity and her identity. And when he says to her, you are healed, and he says that out loud, and he's having this conversation in front of everyone, that might seem to us like, oh, what are you doing there, Jesus? Because that's a little bit embarrassing. Are you shaming her in some way? But that is not what's going on here at all. What he's doing in publicly speaking this out is not just confirming to her you're healed, he's actually speaking this out so she can be included back into the community again. You see, the kingdom of heaven is one where broken bodies and broken hearts and broken relationships and broken communities are restored. And I think maybe some of us today need to hear what Jesus says to us. We need to hear us call us daughter, son, loved one, and we need to know that he sees you, he understands you, he gets you, and you belong. So, who might we stop for today, or tomorrow, or the next day? And how do we need to see each person that is around us in the bustle of our everyday lives? Because we need to let the Holy Spirit turn what looked to us 
like interruptions into these moments of interaction. Because all around us, there are people who have lots of hidden hurt. And the thing that I've learned is that they don't go around with a big sign on them saying, please, would you stop for me? I need some help today. The wonderful thing is Jesus has given us one of these. And maybe words don't pour out of your mouth quite as much as they pour out of mine. But still, words can come out of your mouth as you have conversations with people around you. And if we take time to stop and see people the way that Jesus does, there are these moments of restoration that are available to us, no matter who that person is and how hidden their need might be. And it's practically, it's really easy to do. All you do is when you're talking with somebody and you have a conversation with them, say, I'm just learning how to pray. Is there anything I can pray about for you today? Or maybe that need might be really obvious already. So just the other... um, A couple of weeks ago, I was at the gym um, in an exercise class and one of the people, you know, at the beginning of the class, they say, has anybody got any injuries here? And people say, oh, I got this pain in my back and I've got this pain in my leg. And I'm thinking like, "Um, I should pray for this person. (laughs) I should pray for this person. And so um, at the end of this class, one of the people who said they got a problem with their back was uh, uh, somebody I know a little bit. And so I went up to her and said, well, um, I I noticed that you said you got a, a pain in your back. Um, I've been learning how to pray. Would you mind if I prayed for your back? And she was very happy for me to pray for her back. And so just in the corner of the gym, we just prayed very simply that God would heal her back. Nothing seemed to happen whatsoever. But she was very happy that I prayed for her. Um, And then when I next saw her, it turned out her back was better. So thank you, Jesus. So, okay. What we see there and what we see in this passage is that The kingdom of heaven meets impossible needs. Now, all the people who encountered Jesus in this passage have got impossible needs. The leader's daughter is dead. The men are blind and mute. And actually, there's another account of Jesus interacting with this woman in Luke's gospel. And in that account, he tells us that actually the doctors had tried to cure her and they could do nothing for her. Now, impossible situations can produce all kinds of reactions in us. Because impossible situations confront us with our limitations and our brokenness, the things that are beyond us. And sometimes when we're in the middle of something that is completely beyond us, it can become very easy to be discouraged, especially when that difficulty has been going on for a long time. The reality is that grief and long-term illness and pain, or seeing a loved one struggling can be overwhelming. What do we do with that impossibility? Well, the encounters in the passage today encourage us not to give up, but to reach out to Jesus. The thing is, when we hit our limits, impossibility can be an invitation to jump into the arms of Jesus and his limitless love and his limitless power. So how do we do this? In this passage, Very simply, the first thing we see is all of these people make a request. So we can just ask Jesus. And the people in the story, they make their requests in lots of different ways. So the leader comes in, he kneels down in front of Jesus. The woman doesn't say anything to Jesus at all. She comes up behind him and just touches the tassel of his prayer shawl. The blind men in this story actually shout out from the streets, have mercy on us, son of David, have mercy on us. The mute man 
surprisingly, doesn't say anything at all. In fact, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's brought in by his friends. So when we bring our needs to Jesus, what this shows us is there's no fixed formula. You don't have to have special words. You just need to come. He invites us to come and bring us our needs and bring the needs of others just as we are. What we also see in these passages is each of these people, when they are reaching out to Jesus, they're taking a risk. And the way they describe it is like, or the way Jesus describes it like this is, Jesus says when he talks to the woman who's been bleeding, you took a risk of faith and now you're well. So faith is anchoring our expectation in Jesus and who he is, not on the impossibility of the situation around us. It is a decision to trust persistently that there is more than we can see in our current situation and to secure our hope to Jesus and who he is no matter what else happens. We can also see in this passage that actually there's the opportunity to have a kind of reverse reaction. The Bible talks about this being sometimes like unbelief and that that can actually get in the way of Jesus demonstrating the kingdom. So when Jesus arrives at the Jewish leader's house, there's this interesting thing that happens. It says this, so when Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw a noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead, she's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. Now, it's not that Jesus is saying it's not okay to grieve. We know very clearly Jesus wept with Mary and Martha when Lazarus died. So he's not saying don't grieve. But what we see here is that there was an atmosphere going on and people who were laughing at what Jesus was actually saying. And Jesus had to get rid of that scepticism in order for him to actually go in and take the girl by the hand. I want to pause here for a moment because it might be easy to hear that as a kind of condemnation, but I don't want us to hear it like that um, because I don't know, but when you've been praying for a situation for a long time and you haven't seen anything shift, or maybe even when you prayed for things and you haven't seen God move at all here on earth the way that we would hope for, it can be hard to feel like, oh, well, I have, have I not got any faith? The Bible encourages us that we can ask God to give us faith. Faith is not something that we have to work up for ourselves and go, oh, you've got to be, I've got to faith, I've got to have faith, I've got to have faith. Actually, the faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. There's another story in Mark 9 where there's another father who comes to Jesus and asks him to help his son when the disciples have not been able to do so. And the father says to Jesus, have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I feel like that person a lot. I believe Jesus, but would you help me? Would you help me grow in my faith? Would you give me more faith? And coming back to our passage in Matthew, we see that Jesus had conversations with these people too that helped them go deeper in their faith too. So here's his conversation with the two blind men. As Jesus left the house, he was followed by two blind men crying out, mercy, son of David, mercy on us. When Jesus got home, the blind men went in with them. And Jesus, they were very persistent. Jesus said to them, do you really believe I can do this? 
And they said, why, yes, master. And he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. It happened. They saw. Maybe today we too, well, I definitely, maybe more than just me, need to ask God to give us faith to step out in risk and ask Jesus to help us and to help others. Because the other thing is that all these stories are very clear that while faith is important, it's not faith alone, but Jesus and his power that is the source of the healing and the restoration. Because every time that Jesus reaches out and shows us what he does, he is also showing us who he is. When we pray for people and they encounter the love of Jesus, we want them to know that it's Jesus that they're encountering, not us or any other kind of power. So um, I have been learning how to pray for people over the last few years. And sometimes I'll find people say like, oh, well, is this like recce? Or um, I believe, or they'll say things like, oh, they believe in the power of the universe and it's that's what's going on. I'm like, no, 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 this is Jesus that's touching you. And actually, sometimes even for us, I think it can be easy for us to rationalize what's going on when God touches our lives. Oh, yeah, my foot got better, but you know, would it have got better anyway? Was that, would that have just happened? <sighs> I think we just actually really need to be careful not to dismiss or discount it when Jesus touches our lives, but rather like the blind men, let these encounters help us see Jesus more clearly and to share that with other people. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is the King and he is reaching out today to every single one of us and to every single person actually outside this room too. And what we're gonna do now is we are just gonna make some time for Jesus to come and meet with each of us. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.